Good evening, it's Friday night and it's time for the Bresbat Racing Show. On the show tonight, we've got all our usual features, all the news, all the fixtures. We've got a chat with Fergal O'Brien. We've got our memory spot. And then we've got our regular weekly catch-ups with Mick Schofield, Paddy Brennan, Jamie Snowden, Milton Harris, and Simon Holt joins us for a special preview of the weekend's racing, as does Dave Wilson and Colin Brown. So hopefully we've got them all on the show tonight. Good evening everybody, my name's A.D. Hopper, I'm here to guide you through the racing show this evening and we're going to start, as we always do, with all the news from the racing media. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News, with all the news from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. Here's our first story today. Edwin Stone surged to a position of clear favouritism for the Sporting Life Arkle at next month's Cheltenham Festival with a thoroughly dominant win at Warwick. Tom Cannon described the eight-year-old as a, quote, horse of a lifetime after he confirmed his position as a leading light of the British team for the festival with a slick performance in the Kingmaker Novices Chase. Providing one of the day's two standout novice chase performances, alongside that of Brave Man's Game at Newbury, the Alan King-trained runner is now a best-priced 9-4 favourite from three, with Betfair Sportsbook and Coral for the Arkle, usurping last week's Irish Arkle winner Blue Lord, the 3-1 second favourite at the head of the betting. Full Pleasure ensured there was a strong gallop to this Virgin Bet-sponsored four-runner race, which King won with subsequent Arkle winner Voipor Eustades in 2006, but Edwin Stone cruised into the lead four out and never looked in danger. Third Time Lucky similarly travelled sweetly, but had no answers for the Robert Aubrey and Ian Thirdloaned Edwin Stone, who impressed with his slick jumping and was four and a quarter length clear at the line. Cannon said, He was very good and loved that ground. It was as quick as he's been on for a while. His jumping was electric and he saw it out nicely. He's always had an engine and everything he's done in his career has built up to this season. He's the best horse I've sat on and a horse of a lifetime. He's done so much for me. It's hard to win a 0-100, to let alone a Grade 1 and two Grade 2s like he has done this season. He's a fantastic horse, and every time I ride him, I just go out there and enjoy it. It will be no different at Cheltenham, and hopefully we'll get there in one piece. He's a very good jumper. He's learnt as he's gone along, and he's really come together now. King celebrated a fourth Kingmaker success from Newbury, having also landed the Grade 2 event with Cadount in 2005 and Border success in 2014, and expressed delight and relief at Edward Stone's commanding victory. That was lovely. They went a good gallop and he jumped superbly, so we were thrilled with him, said King. It's a long time between Kempton and Cheltenham, so it was important to get a run into him. It was a proper test, and he looked foot perfect, and I'm delighted and relieved he came through it well, so we'll enjoy today and worry about Cheltenham when it comes. 
Runner-up, third time lucky, doubled in price to 14-1 to for the Arkle. Trainer Dan Skelton suggesting the Maghull novice's chase could be a more likely next target. He said, I was very happy with him. He travelled and jumped really well and did nothing wrong. There was a small chance his run two weeks ago would have taken a little bit out of him, but only a little bit, and there's no excuses. Edward Stone run well, and he's a very strong Arkle contender. Third time Lucky didn't underperform, and if he did, it was by pennies, not pounds. We'll keep him in the Arkle, but I suspect the rain will come sooner than later, so the reality is he'll probably go for Aintree. And next up today, here on the Racing News. The Gold Cup is the race Colin Tizard cherishes above all others. But just when you think the trainer may have pulled a rabbit out of the hat in El Dorado Allen, who defied any stamina doubts in the Denman chase, the trainer seemed to go cold on his favourite race. Tizard, a Gold Cup winner with Native River in 2018, did not enter the classy grey in the Boodles-backed Cheltenham showpiece, but did engage him in the Ryanair chase, which he won with his horse of a lifetime cue card something he was quick to remind the media of when it was suggested that race lacked the prestige of the festival showpiece. The supplementary fee of £30,000 due six days before the Gold Cup on March 18th might be more of the problem, along with the extra distance, but it is something to discuss with owners Terry Warner and John Romans. A 6-1 to one shot, Eldorala Allen has been largely campaigned over two miles and was second to Shiskin in the Arkell last season. But he had been placed over the intermediate trips of Huntington's Peterborough Chase and the Silviniarco Conti Chase at Kempton before being pitched into a recognised Gold Cup trial. He emerged with distinction after repelling Royal Pergale under Brendan Powell, earning a quote of 25-1 to one with Coral for the Gold Cup. The same firm offers 16-1 to 1 for the Ryanair, the same price from 33 as Betfair, who sponsored the Denman chase, while Paddy Power were 14-1 to 1 from 25. He did stay on in the Arkle last year, said Tizard, who has Fiddler on the roof and Lost in Translation entered in the Gold Cup. You thought he was a stayer more than anything at Huntington, and we've jumped up half a mile. But a flat track and a decent ground, jumping like he did, plays into his strengths. Whether he'd stay another two furlongs up the Cheltenham Hill is another thing, and I'd say it was a good that the post was where it was today, but they are only my immediate thoughts. He's in the Ryanair, and we did win that with Q card, which I didn't mind. Any race at Cheltenham is worth winning, and he'll go where he has his best chance. It looks pretty obvious it's the Ryanair, but who knows what the owners will want to do. Right on hand to respond was Romans, whose Welsh national winner Elegant Escape was sixth in the 2019 Gold Cup. He's entered in the Ryanair, but he's a Gold Cup horse to me, he said. We've had horses in the Gold Cup, and it'd be lovely to have another. When I bought him with Terry and he won a maiden hurdle, I thought he was the business. He's had problems, but is a cracking horse. I take Colin and his son Joe's advice, but I think the Gold Cup is a special race for everybody. The Grand National might be worth more money, but the Gold Cup is the prestige one. Romans joked that a large bottle of something warm and red would likely play a part in discussions, but it sounds like his mind might already be made up. And next up, here on the Racing News.
Day one of the Cheltenham Festival could be a memorable one for the 22 owners in Middleham Park Racing's Marie's Rock as she teed up a tilt at the Close Brothers Mayor's Hurdle with listed race success. The Nicky Henderson-trained seven-year-old was badly hampered early in the Lanzarote last time, but bounced back to her best when beating Getatonic and 2020 winner Indefatigable in the Virgin Bet Warwick Mare's Hurdle. Marie's Rock, who was cheered on by 13 of her owners, was shortened to 12-1 to 1 from 20 for the Mare's Hurdle with Paddy Power, and will also have an entry in the Coral Cup, for which he was cut to 16-1 to 1 from 33 with the sponsors. Tom Palin, partner and National Hunt Manager for Midland Park Racing, said, We've always rated her, but her career has been a bit stop-start, so it's brilliant to see her back at this level. She had no luck in the Lanzarote, but it toughed it out well here. She really battled and answered every question. She's in the Mayor's Hurdle and will probably be entered in the Coral Cup, but the former is probably more likely. She's earned her right to have a go. We've been working back from there this season, and it's a wide-open race. And a couple of short stories here to finish us off today. Sally Brea de Allen is another horse leading to Cheltenham, with Philip Hobbs targeting the Paddy Power Plate with the two-mile four-furlong handicap chase winner. The Allen Stennett-owned ten-year-old is three out of three since joining the Somerset trainer and finished strongly to win by three-quarters of a length under Tom O'Brien on his first chase start in Britain. He was made 8-1 to co-favourite from 14 for the plate with Sky Bet. Hobbs said, He did it well and stayed on strongly in the straight. He's progressing nicely and hopefully will run in the plate at the festival. We thought if he didn't run today he probably wasn't going to get in, but he will now. And next, Inrem sealed a handicap hurdle five-timer since joining Jane Williams when landing the three-mile two-furlong contest under the trainer's son Chester. The progressive seven-year-old was a landmark winner for Owners Chasing Gold Racing Club, who celebrated a record ninth success for the season. The winning rider said, Mum and the team have done a great job with him. He was very babyish early on, but started on a nice low handicap mark and has continued to improve. He's been below the per temps qualifier rating band, but might just be worth a go in one of those now. And finally... Jonathan Burke hit the half-century for the first time in his career after bookending the card on Fair Frontiers in the two-mile, five-furlong novice hurdle for Kim Bailey and Gaelic Park, a recent recruit for Charlie Longsden in the bumper. Burke said, It's great to hit 50. I've got close a couple of times, but this has been my best season, and hopefully I can keep the momentum going. And that concludes this week's racing news with all the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post, and of course the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Thanks for joining us, and join us again next time. Right now, it's time to see what racing we've got lined up for you this weekend. So here are the fixtures. Right, well we can start. There are seven races over the jumps at Haydock with a one o'clock start. Seven races over the jumps at Ascot, a one fifteen start. Seven races on the flat. Uh, with a 1.25 start at Lingfield on the old weather. There are seven races over the jumps in the West Country at Wincanton with a 1.38 start. Six races on the flat on the old weather at Newcastle with a 5 o'clock start. And if you want to go to America, there's some racing at Fairgrounds with a 10.56 start. And then we switch to Sunday. And we start at Nuttleborough where there are seven races over the jumps with a 1.35 start. 
over to Ireland, seven races over the jumps at Navan with a 1.45 start. Back to the UK, six races over the jumps at Newbury with a 1.55 start. And there's also racing in Hong Kong, Australia and Maydam and the United Arab Emirates. Now, as regular listeners will know, we have a series running on Three Valleys Radio called In Conversation, where I get hold of leading sports personalities and have a chat with them. And uh, this week's no different. So here's a little taster of this week's uh, chat with Fergal O'Brien. You were 18 years, you said, what, with with Nigel, Nigel Tristan Davis then? That's it, yeah. So a good 18 years. In those 18 years, we won the two Grand Nationals, the Gold Cup, um, you know, several festival winners and, uh, and several grade one races. So it was a great time there, you know, just mm. dealing with good horses, dealing with bad horses and, you know, dealing with owners. And um, But my time then sort of, you know, came to an end. Um, Carla Welling came back um, from... from uh, after he retired from riding, he, he went as a private trainer for Malcolm Denmark, or he he had you know Malcolm Denmark was his he was salaried by Malcolm and uh, Weddercock House, and uh, it didn't go great from there. And so I suggested to Nigel, I'd seen Carl one day at the races, and I suggested to Nigel that Carl wasn't actually that happy, so he'd be a great man. Nigel hated going racing. Nigel's a very good stock man and very good at home, but didn't really like going racing. Preferred to be at home with the horses, or you know we had cattle at the time and things like that yeah. that's what he preferred doing I said you know Carl would be a great man to go racing and and you know, take lighten the load or spread the load anyway if nothing else mm, mm. you know they were always very good mates and stuff and so Carl came back and it was grand and he brought I brought about 20 horses with him so that was great and um, but I, the, the, my, then my role sort of changed and, and you know from sort of uh, doing my own thing for for the for, the, for you know, sixteen of the eighteen years, and, and working alongside Nigel's, I was sort of, I was, I was dropped down a level, and um, it didn't sit well with me because I'd put so much into the yard, and, and it was fine. Look, each to their own. Yeah. Um, so uh, I mentioned it to Chris Coley. You know, Chris Coley's obviously my my business partner now, and Chris, um, uh, you know, I bought a lot of horses for Chris while while he was at Nigel's. Um, he came through Peter Scudamore, and when Peter went, you know, I sort of looked at. He used to go racing with Chris when he had a runner and things like that. So. Um, so Chris said, "Look, if you're that fed up there, he said, look, I'll, I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you uh, set get, get set up.' So, so I had a good think about it. And at the time, Timmy Murphy was riding up for us, and his father-in-law uh, had just bought a place near near Northleach, not too far away from us. And they were putting a pre-training yard in there, and there was a couple of spare barns. So um, we agreed that I'd rent that yard, uh, the spare barns, and, and they put some stables in." And, and that's where I, I started from in, in 2011. I, I killed Ara Stud with, with Timmy. Yeah. Uh, Timmy was doing pre-training. He had about I don't know 15 or 20 boxes of his own, and then we had about 40 boxes. And we started off grand. We had nine winners. Then we had 22 winners. Then then 28 winners. And then 40 winners. 47 winners. Then and then sort of wheels fell off a little bit. Um, my own personal life went a bit awry. I ended up getting divorced. Uh, numbers went down. Horses weren't running well. Um, the, the yard, the farm was being sold, so I had to try and find somewhere new. So just a whole number of things. Sort of, mm. uh, you know, again, um, just one of those things. Um, and having left Nigel's and probably not left on the best of terms when I did leave, because one or two owners came with me. Yeah. Um, uh, having been away from there for three and a bit years. Nigel rang me up one day and said, "Look, I hear you. You're, you're getting out of Timmy's, or it's been sold. Top yard is empty. If you want to come back and rent, rent, uh, rent top or 
old top yards. You know, he was down in numbers a little bit. Um, it would it would work for everyone. We could share the gallops. Mm-hmm. So at the at the time for me, it was absolutely a, a godsend because I was wasn't treading water, but I wasn't wasn't going anywhere. And just things weren't happening where I was, and 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 I had to move anyway. I didn't want to go to Lambourne, um, and this was like coming home for me, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I'm sort of gone from sort of fifty fifty five horses. I'd probably gone down to about you know fifteen or twenty. Uh, went back to to what we call the upper yard at, at, at Norton, and um, it, it really did feel like going home. Went back with twenty horses. I'd lost a couple of good ones. I lost the governess and a few horses like that, and which was a real blow. But look, it, it was what it was. I had great people, great staff. Alex Sterling, who was with me from when I started, and Kev Brown joined us. Is still my head lad now, and Ali still does our books now. We went back and look, we gave it a gave it a right go. Or, or you know, the owners that came with me were mm. well rewarded. Uh, the Slatters, who've been family friends forever, um, their first horse was a horse called Arda Your Own. He was our first runner out of the yard, and uh, he won. Can't remember where he won. Might have been Ludlow or somewhere like that. And uh, it just it went from there really. And I was I was just we were just very lucky. Um, you know, Chris. Well, you know, Coley, like I mentioned, uh, was my business partner. But when I separated from my wife, I sort of backed away from the business a little bit. And I was very lucky to have Jeff and Donna Keys, who sort of kept everything going and kept kept the relationship between myself and Chris, um, kept that going very well. And, you know, once I went back to Norton, Chris came back on board and, and Jeff and Donna were massive mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, the, the own perfect candidate. And they were massive supporters, and they were they, they they were there for us. And you know, I was very lucky to to, to sort of bump into to Doctor Simon, um, who does all our social media now. He is a, a, a proper doctor, and he's the one that does all the promotion of the yard. And, yeah. And it sort of went from there. You know, there was a feel good factor, and uh, when I went back to Norton, and and uh, yeah, just things took off again. You know, just went really well, and we built more stables up there, and we rented another yard down the road, my old point to point yard, and it just again was 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 flying along. And then a bombshell came one day. Um, I, I just signed literally signed a three year lease, um, and. One year into that, Cathy said to me, um, Cathy Twiston Davis said, um, look, Willie's given up riding on the flat. It's their youngest son, Willie Twiston Davis. Yeah. Uh, he wants to come back here for uh, to, to rent, uh, to start up a pre-training business because he's been pin-hooking some um, flat horses. Right. And, um, you know, I need you to move out. So I said, absolutely, look, fine. I understand, look, I've got kids of my own and they want to do what's best for them. And, literally walked out the door and, and from then on I was head down trying to find the right place and, and move but it was a lot of pressure I was trying to train we were trying to trying to trying to, trying to move and, and sorry actually just before that I'd, I'd met Sally Sally Randall who was also training mm-hmm. um, by herself and um, so Sally and I Sally was training by herself and uh, uh, and I was training obviously not and, and we, we've been together about a year and, and then Sally said look we said this is pointless having two yards we merged our yards together um, and she came and, and, and moved in where I was and, and brought some horses with her. And uh, and then, yeah, then about six months later, Cassie said, look, I want the yard back. So that's fine. Look, we, we, we understood and we, we cracked on and we, 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 we were still having lots of winners and um, we had our first first 50 that year. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it went, went from there and then we had 62 winners. Uh, and so, yeah, so it went, went, went from there, really. Uh, and uh, um, yeah, 
Well, that was Fergal O'Brien talking to me in our In Conversation programme. And if you want to hear the whole interview, check out our Facebook page, um, Three Valors Radio. And there'll be details on there. I think it's going out this coming Wednesday. But if you check on the social media, you should be able to get a definite time. Sweet, sweet memories you gave me. You can't beat the memories you gave me. Well, it's time for our memory spot again. The time when we rerun a classic race from Cheltenham. And this week we are doing the 1991 Queen Mother Chase, which was run by Catabatic. And the jockey was Simon McNeil. And he'll be joining us after the commentary. And sweet, sweet, made of this. Don't forget a small Champion Chase on the winners of 59 races. Race towards the first of the 12 fences. The grey Blitzkrieg on the right. Lands just in the lead. Blitzkrieg from Waterloo Boy and Young Snugfit. Golden Freeze just behind them. Blitzkrieg over that one from Waterloo Boy and Young Snugfit. Golden Freeze. Nosnagiha on the outside, that's towards the left of the picture. Over on the far right behind Blitzkrieg is Katabatic. The A-Train just uh, the back marker. Going a very fast gallop with Young Snugfit. Coming up to join uh, Blitzkrieg as they come towards the third fence of the 12. Blitzkrieg on the far side. Young Snugfit, Nosnagiha and Waterloo Boy next with Katabatic. Golden Freeze. And finally, the A-Train. Racing uphill now. Tommy Carmody. Bidding for a third Queen Mother Champion chase. In the lead on Blitzkrieg from Young Snugfit. Waterloo Boy third. Nosnagiha Karabatic on the inside. Golden Freeze on the A-Train. As they run downhill, Blitzkrieg from Young Snugfit. Waterloo Boy travelling smoothly on the inner. Nosnagiha on the outside. Karabatic making a little ground on the inside. Golden Freeze and the A-Train over the fifth. Blitzkrieg from Young Snugfit. Waterloo Boy. Katabatic and Nosnagiha, Golden Freeze and the A-Train is making ground on the outside now as they come to the water. Blitzkrieg from Young Snugfit, Waterloo Boys, third. Then Nosnagiha on the outside of the A-Train, Katabatic on the inner, the first of the ditches now. Blitzkrieg, Young Snugfit, Waterloo Boy. As they come down to another plain one before the final ditch. Number eight of the 12 fences, Blitzkrieg lands in the lead from Young Snugfit, Waterloo Boy on the outside of Katabatic, then Nosnagiha, the A-Train, and Golden Freeze is a long way behind the remainder as they race towards the final ditch in the Queen Mother Champion Chase, four from home, Blitzkrieg the leader from Young Snugfit, Katabatic and Waterloo Boy. And Young Snugfit jumps almost upside the grey there with a beautiful jump, but Blitzkrieg going on again by about two from Young Snugfit, then Katabatic, and then Waterloo Boy poised on the outside. Little gap then to Nosnagiha and then the A-Train as they run downhill now towards the third last 
in the Queen Mother Champion Chase and it's Blitzkrieg the leader from young snug fit Waterloo boy making ground all the time towards the outside but Blitzkrieg still the leader as they jump the third last Blitzkrieg young snug fit Waterloo boy coming there very strongly now Blitzkrieg is under pressure Waterloo boy goes to the front Nosnagi is not out of it is motoring well towards the outside Blitzkrieg drops right back to fifth place Waterloo boy and young snug fit together from Nosnagi and Catabatic racing round the home turn now in the Queen Elizabeth the Queen Mother champion chase and it's Waterloo boy and young snug fit Waterloo boy trying to avenge last year's narrow defeat young snug fit on the outs on the far side Catabatic trying to come between horses and making progress too Waterloo boy's going to jump it from Catabatic Waterloo boy Catabatic young snug fit makes a mistake Catabatic takes the advantage now from Waterloo boy here's an upset Catabatic going away from Waterloo boy Catabatic is going to win the Queen Mother Champion Chase. He's going to win it in great style too. Catabatic is the winner at the line. Second is Waterloo Boy. Third is Nosnagiha. And fourth, Young Snug Fit. Five was Blitzkrieg. Six, the A-Train. Seven, Golden Freeze. And so the result. First, number three, Catabatic. Owned by Pell Partners. Trained by Andrew Turnell, bred by Frank Lacey, written by Simon McNeil. Second was number six, Waterloo Boy. Owned by Mr. Michael Dealey, trained by David Nicholson, and written by Richard Dunwoody. And officially, it's a photo for third between Nosnagiha, who's probably just beaten Young Snugfit for the minor honours. And I say minor, but they carry a 9,991 pound prize, with fourth getting. 3,823, but the winner, Catabatic. And now here's the winning jockey, Simon McNeil, with his recollections of that winning ride. Simon, you uh, you rode Catabatic on that, that famous day at Cheltenham. What, what can you remember about the ride? Uh, well, all I can remember is that uh, it was all over very, very quickly. And uh, he was always, he's quite keen horse, but he just settled so well in behind everything it was just it was a dream ride to be fair i think anybody could have won on him yeah but uh, i was lucky to be the one on him he certainly seemed to suddenly once you found the gap coming up to the was it the second last um you know you once once you got that gap he was away wasn't he yeah he was he um luckily a gap appeared just just right for him and uh, um he just went through it jumped the last great and flew up the hill it was fantastic. I was going to say, did you ride him on any other occasions? Yeah, well, I'd, I've ridden him um, once before, and uh, then um, and l- I luckily I got the shout, and Andy gave me the shout to ride him. Yeah. On the, on the big day, which was which was I was very lucky. I mean, he told me on the Monday before Cheltenham that I'd, I could ride him. So what's what's it like uh, riding? Sorry. What's it like riding the Cheltenham winner? I mean, it must be well, really special, it's isn't great. it? I was, yeah, it's very special. I was very lucky that um, the Queen Mum was still there and so I could shake her hands and I got a right telling off from Mum. I got a phone call. She didn't say anything about the ride. She just gave me a bollocking for, for um, not taking my mittens off when I shook hands with the Queen Mum. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. <laughs> nice one. Yeah. Was, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> what, what was she like, the, the Queen Mother? All right? Oh, she was lovely. She just said, you looked like you enjoyed yourself going down, you know, going yeah. down there. And I said, yeah, I did. It was just fantastic. I, as I say, it was over so quickly, you can't believe it, you know. Yeah, quite, quite. What is it, about he five, met every, 
five minutes or yeah. so, isn't it? Roughly, I think I've timed it on yes, YouTube just over. He met every fence, particularly the ditches. He met spot on, and and that helped. That helps a lot if you meet those. Yeah, if you make right. a mistake at that moment, crucial time. Yeah, yeah. But and then it so was all it was over, and there you were shaking hands with the Queen Mother. So it must have been a good day all yeah. round, I should think. It was a great day. Yeah. Good. Yeah, and we had quite. a Good celebration that night as well. I'm sure you did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you did. Okay, Simon, thank you very much for that. Appreciate your time. Well, now it's time to catch up with our regulars on the show. That's uh, Nick Schofield, Jamie Snowden. And uh, and we really struck gold when we got to Jamie Snowden because he had a guest in the car with him. But we'll start with Nick Schofield, who went all the way up to air. But it was worth it because he got a winner. Okay, well, hi, uh, Nick. You've... uh, You've had a pretty good week so far, haven't you? Yeah, hi everyone. Um, yeah, a couple of winners. So um, yeah, this going well so far. So hopefully we can keep it up. I, I, when I saw you were riding the one at Air, I thought, bloody hell, that's a long way to go for a, for one ride. But uh, clearly you knew what you were doing, didn't you? Yeah, it was a nice horse uh, for Archie Watson, who's obviously a top-class trainer. So um, he wouldn't be sending it up there for no reason. So um, I thought if he's making any effort, I, I should too. So um, yeah. yeah, it was worth a while. Well, impressively, so um, nice mare. She goes for a listed race next at Sandown, I imagine. I'm told. How much? Yeah, and then when you got clubs in the day before for um, Jim Best, so that was good. How much did the one at air win by then, uh, Nick? Uh, only about two, three legs, but it was cosy enough, really. So, um, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. happy with that. He's a, he's a clever trainer, isn't he, Archie Watson? I mean, he's always getting winners for Holly Doll, I've noticed on the flat. Um, you know, yeah, well, obviously. Uh, Oshie Murphy and Holly Doyle, he, he sort of made their careers effectively. Um, they yeah. rode hundreds of winners for him on the flat, and um, I'm sure Holly wouldn't be where she is now without him. No, absolutely, and and he keeps keeps on doing it, and now he's doing it on the jumps as well. Then I didn't know he was a joy. Yeah, I think, no, he, he is really. I think he does it as a hobby and a bit of fun. And um, yeah, but his the hobbies are winners. Obviously, I had the Grade Two winner for him a few weeks ago. So um, yeah, another winner for him is always good. Much appreciated. Absolutely. So, um, what have you got over the weekend, then, Nick? Have you got many rides over the weekend? Yeah, I'd imagine be busy enough. I'm not sure where I'll be. There's uh, there's hay up the Grand National Trial, but the weather's quite bad up there, and obviously you got Ascot. Yeah. And you got uh, Wincanton's got a meeting, so um, I'd imagine it'd be at one of the three. I'm not quite sure yet where where we'll be going, but I'll probably know tomorrow. So, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what tomorrow brings and um, see what happens. Yeah, I just watched the weather forecast. So that looks horrendous. This storm Eunice or whatever it is, um, yeah. they say it's going to hit. You know, roughly from sort of, I don't know, just just south of Manchester, right the way down through, right across the whole of the West Country. So, um, yes. Yeah, well, a few weeks ago, we were all complaining we had no rain, and um, oh, I know. now we've got it. So yeah, we're Abs- be crazy, isn't it? Really, but we're, that's typical English, isn't it? We all do that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, look, well done for this week, mate. Um, keep on, you know, the old prize, mon- prize money must be coming in. Everybody's keeping happy up there, which is great. So, um, you know, yeah. I want to see you win three or four big races at Cheltenham soon. So I'm sure the way you're going, you'll be doing that. So keep it up. We'll try our best. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you will. Thank you very will. much. No problem, Nick. Speak to you next week, mate. Thanks for coming on. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Drive safely. Bye-bye. Well, that was Nick Schofield, of course, on his way back from racing at Weatherby, I think it was. Anyway, now let's catch up with Jamie Snowden and his mystery guest. Well, hi, Jamie. Uh, on your way back from where? Weatherby or Hereford? Uh, I've been to 
Hereford today, actually, AD. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just on the way back with uh, with Paige Fuller in the car here with me. Oh, yeah. Hello there. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Oh, not too bad, thank you. As I said to your boss, nobody listens when I moan, so I just don't bother anymore. But there we go. <laughs> now then, um, Jamie, looking at the results here, I mean, you've had a pretty good week here, one way or another. I mean, I know he's only one winner, but third, third, fifth, second, fifth. I mean, you know, it's going really well still, isn't it? Yeah, we're, we're having a good run of things, AD. So, um, so no, it's, uh, it's great. It's always nice when the horses are in good form. And, and um, yeah, nice nice that um, the winners are, are still coming in. So we're up to 41 for the for the season now, which is great. And um, obviously you wear it well. It looked a really nice horse winning, winning on Monday. And um, the other horses have run, run well all week. So, uh, no, long may, long may the luck continue. And, and is that sort of on schedule, as it were? I mean, do you, do you set yourself targets? I presume you do. <laughs> I think I think every sportsman sets themselves targets. Whether 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 we tell tell what those targets are remains to be seen. Oh right, okay. Well, you, you can't even <laughs> say whether you, whether you're sort of on target or not without mentioning any numbers in. Uh, I, our, our pre, I mean, our previous best was forty six winners. Obviously, it'd be lovely if we if we could pass that. Yeah. Um, we, we've we've surpassed our previous best prize money total, and um, and we, we're currently of the of the trainers above us in the table. I think there's only one trainer with a better winner to horses in yard strike rate. So no, things things are going well. Um, but you know what it's like in sport. You always you. You always want more. You always want uh, bigger. Yeah, quite. But I mean, when you get you another another six or seven at Cheltenham in in March, I mean that'll that'll boost the numbers as well, won't it? So you know, I mean, uh, <laughs> let's just sit tight and watch the winners come in. I think really. Um, whilst I'm going to take the opportunity to just have a quick word with Paige, if I may. Um, first of all, were you unlucky today? I don't. I I don't know that I was. I think. The winner won it very well. Obviously, finishing second quite often, you sort of try and try and analyse how you could have won. But I, I think it was sim- as simple as I wasn't on the best horse today. Um, but he's he's shown a really nice um, bit of form there. I think to be second. I think it wasn't as wet as Jamie's two runners probably wanted to stay. So I think he'll improve for slightly wetter ground um, and come on massively for the for the experience. So no, really pleased with him. But it must be nice to be connected to a successful stable that you are at the moment. Definitely, and it's really nice riding all these nice young horses as well. Um, you know, obviously I rode You Wear It Well first time out, and she was second to a, to a very good, um, turns out quite a good mare that went and won a listed race at Cheltenham the next time. So, you know, it's nice just to be able to sit on these nice horses on the track and home too. Yeah, and get a lift in the boss's car as well. That can't be bad, can it? Or are you in the lorry? Oh, well, there you go. You can't moan at that thing, can you? No. Uh, what, other, what other question? Can you play cricket? Who? Who? Me? Yeah, you. No. <laughs> I'm any sort of, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I, yeah. I don't think I've ever touched a cricket bat. <laughs> right. Jamie, well, what you'll have to do then is you'll have to bring Paige along and she can do the teas, all right? <laughs> I think if we're short on players, I'm sure she can. Um, I'm sure she can make up the numbers. Yeah, I'm sure she can as well. But uh, I'm not saying we are short on yet. I mean, it's too early to say, really, isn't it? Let's be fair. Um, we, we've got quite a bit of time to go yet. But uh, so, what about the weekend then, Jamie? Have you got much on? We've got three runners tomorrow: um, two at Sandown and one at Fontmel. Um, I don't think we've got anything running Friday, and, and we've got a few entries Saturday. But I think a, a few of them will probably take up other engagements. So. Uh, might might be a, a quieter weekend perhaps this time. And of course, the the weather forecast is horrendous for Friday Saturday. So of course, we, you know that could upset the the apple cart from the race beaters' point of view. 
I think there's plenty of wind on Friday, isn't there? So, yeah, um, yeah. We've got to be the biggest, biggest worry. Yeah. Well, I'm all worried about beating Leeds United on Saturdays, but we'll see. Since we won yesterday, I'm a little bit happier, though. Yeah, exactly. People keep saying well, that they well, think... Well, People keep saying they think Arsenal are going to get fourth place. How misguided can they be? I think we're with me. <laughs> Not a chance, <laughs> mate. Not a chance. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Jamie, thanks for coming on to us. Um, as usual, appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk again next week. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks, Eddie. Take Thank care. you. Thanks, Paige, for your little contribution as well. No worries at all. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Well, that was Jamie Snowden with Paige Fuller in the car with him. And now we're going to catch up with Simon Holt, who's going to have a look at uh, tomorrow's racing. Well, good morning, Simon. Um, A rough one, to say the least, but uh, hopefully it won't affect the racing tomorrow. Yes, let's hope it will have all blown over uh, by tomorrow. There's a few meetings were abandoned earlier today, and I think that was right because the travelling would be pretty dangerous particularly in horse boxes but yeah. uh, i hope it uh, all survives tomorrow because there's uh, some excellent racing um the big race at ascot is the bet fair ascot chase and that's um got a field of eight runners and some really decent horses in it including last year's winner dash or drasher who goes so well on the course at ascot and is such a hard horse to beat I'm just wondering when Joseph O'Brien might have brought Fakir Dudari across the Irish Sea. Maybe he came over earlier in the week, but uh, he'd hardly been travelling today, I wouldn't have thought. But uh, no. he's going to go off just about the favourite if, if, um, if he lines up. Um, the second at Alaho last time out, winner at the Aintree Grand National Meeting last season. Very good horse indeed. But you've got a lot of potential winners in there. Fanny and Destreval for Venetia Williams, who can do no wrong at the moment. Mr. Fisher, who won at Kempton. And uh, St. Calvados, who ran that, uh, well, con- slightly controversial race in the King George, and that he appeared to be committed a little bit too soon, but he travelled extremely well, and I think that uh, three miles just stretches him, and he's back to two miles and five tomorrow. And his main aim, I think, will have to be the Ryanair chase at the festival and i just feel that cheltenham is the track that really suits him best and i'm not completely convinced that he's quite as happy going right-handed but uh, he's got a leading chance as well so that's a that's a fantastic race tomorrow the uh, betfair ascot chase what about lost in translation for colin tizard well on his best form of course he'd have a leading chance he's in at about 12 to 1 so that's yeah. that sort of illustrates his chances a little bit. He did win uh, over the course and distance early in the season, didn't he? Beating mm. the uh, ill-fated master Tommy Tucker. Yeah. Uh, but then was well beaten in the King George subsequently, beaten a long way behind Tornado Flyer. If it clicks with him, then he's a big player because, you know, we know that he's a really good horse. He's run well in a Gold Cup. He was third album photo in the 2020 Cheltenham Gold Cup, you know, so he's a really smart horse. And the um, Tizard uh, team going pretty well at the moment. Had a few winners mm. in the last uh, week or so, haven't they? Yeah, that's why I brought it up, really, because they have been performing quite well at the moment. So um, I thought, well, you know, might have a chance. You never know. You couldn't rule him out. No. Um, no. Now, there's some other good races on the card. I suppose the most notable one is the Reynoldsdale Novices Chase, which is a bit of a trial for the three-mile novice chase at the Cheltenham Festival. Quite an open-looking race, actually with uh, Kim Bailey's Does He Know 
likely to start favourite. Just a slight question mark, I think, about the ground, which is going to be fairly testy at Ascot. And this horse has uh, only really run on good ground over fences so far. And towards the bottom, two to, to, to take the eye, uh, Fern Hill has run two very good races this season, is now up in distance, may well suit him. And right at the bottom, a horse called Jay Foy, who I think could outrun his odds, trained by Laura Morgan, who sent out four winners from her last six runners. So she's absolutely on fire at the moment. Mm. And Jay Foy was a winner over hurdles at Ascot last season. And I don't think he's really had his ground in two starts over fences. And also when he ran in his first two races over fences over in the season, the Morgan team were not firing in the way that they are now. So I thought he might um, go well at a reasonable price. Yeah. And there's a good handicap chase as well, where the Tizard Skull Cup candidate, Fiddler on the Roof, bids to try and defy top weight. He's got 11 stone 10, because he ran a great race in the Labyrinth's Trophy at Newbury back uh, earlier in the season. But it will be a test for him in the ground, under that weight, up against some pretty decent handicappers. I think Fortescue, trained by Henry Daly, is one that could run well, and Caribbean boy goes for Nicky Henderson. But Fiddler on the Roof again, the Tizard's going well. And uh, he's a very consistent horse, Fitter on the roof. Whether he's going to be good enough to win a Gold Cup at the moment, he's got a rating of 155. That wouldn't be good enough, I don't think, to win the Gold Cup. But, you know, he's always been a talented horse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we'll wish the Tizards all the best with that one anyway. Absolutely. So that's, uh, I think that's those are the highlights at Ascot. Um, there's also an excellent card at Haydock, um, hoping that the the meeting survives. It much will depend, really, if there's any damage to these courses with these high winds and uh, yeah. whether there's any debris on the on the course. I seem to remember back in 1987 when we had the the infamous hurricane. That um, I think that uh, there was a new market meeting the next day and they couldn't race because there were there was too much debris on the course, something like that, anyway. And uh, that's going to be the the real problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a great. Um, Haydock is the Grand National Trial, sponsored by William Hill, and there's a a, a lot of really good staying chasers in this field. We've got um, cool specialists like Bristol DeMay and Black Lion, who are both in the veteran stage now. Sam Brown, who chased home Royal Pagai on the course last time out, got to have a good chance, has just gone up a couple of pounds for that. Last season's Welsh Grand National winner, Secret Reprieve, and on card who won the Tommy Whittle on the course uh, a couple of months ago. And the horse that won the Surrey National at Lingfield, the Galloping Bear, he looks like an out-and-out sayer. And stamina is going to be absolutely vital over three and a half miles in, in heavy ground. And we've seen these chases at Haydock in the past. You know, they, they are really testing. And it may well be that there are the two or three still galloping towards the end of the contest. So that's um, that's going to be a fascinating race, as will be the Rendlesham hurdle a little earlier on. And this was won last year by third wind, and I think he's going to have his conditions again. He's got a little bit of a tough task at the weights with Thomas Darby, who's likely to start quite a short price favourite. I just wonder if Thomas Darby's really going to relish three miles in heavy ground. He gets three miles, but I just don't know whether he's going to have the resolution for this test, whereas third wind rebels in the mud, stays well and likes the course. And you've got Molly Ollie's wishes going for the Dan Skelton team 
Uh, she's a really progressive mayor, but she's got to do it against the boys this time. And so far, all her best form has been against her own sex. So uh, two very good races there at Haydock as well tomorrow. Jolly good, Simon. Thank you very much. Let's hope they all go off. We should just mention the race at Wincanton, shouldn't we? Of course, the Kingwell yeah. Hurdle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's the big, the big race there. Um, the uh, Wincanton Matchbook Betting Exchange Kingwell Hurdle. It was won last year in devastating fashion by Goshen, who, who uh, thrashed Song for someone. And Goshen, of course, came back to form last time out at uh, Sandown. Uh, the ground is soft. It was heavy last year when he won this race, but uh, he just needs to get his his uh, feet in the mud, I think. So I think conditions will be all right, all right for him. But uh, he's up against a fairly formidable rival in David Pipes Adagio, who some people fancy a little bit of each way about for the champion hurdle. And he was second in the Greatwood hurdle at Cheltenham in the season. Hasn't been seen since. He had some very good juvenile hurdle form last season. He was second at uh, the Cheltenham Festival and second at Aintree as well. And it's a really tough horse. And looking at the ratings, uh, Goshen's got to give Adagio three pounds. And on the ratings, there's four pounds between them. So it's going to be a really good clash, that, I think, at Wincanton tomorrow. Do you think Goshen, uh, you know, I can't, I don't, I don't want to disclose how much I've lost on Goshen. I keep thinking he's going to come <laughs> good. And he hasn't done, apart from the last race, of course. Do you think he's, uh, you know, has, has he earned that that position as favourite? Well, uh, I, I think it's a reasonable question because I think Adagio has still got more improvement to come. Goshen has been, I suppose you could say, a little bit enigmatic. And, you know, he hangs so badly right, which is why he's got to go right-handed. Uh, he ran at Lingfield the time before and Jamie Moore was on one rein most of the way round on that left-handed course. And uh, I think he's just got to go right-handed. I think they've realised that now. He hung very badly again in the champion hurdle last March. So, unfortunately, I think Cheltenham is off the agenda for him from now on. In fact, I think they're going to send him chasing next season. But uh, the way he won at Sandown last time was a bit like the old Goshen. You know, he just mm. really is quite a relentless galloper. Yeah. And uh, the manner in which he won last year was so impressive. But... Um, I, I think it's a it's a real toss up between them, and there won't be much value on offer. Goshen, mm. I guess he might be about a shade of odds on, and a dad show maybe eleven to eight, something like that. You know, yeah. so um, probably a race to watch and enjoy more than anything. I think if a Daggio runs well, if he wins it, if he beats Goshen in the conditions and on a course that Goshen is obviously well suited to then um, he, he does come into the champion hurdle reckoning a little bit, uh, maybe as an each-way possibility. Obviously, Honeysuckle is going to be very hard to beat mm. in the champion hurdle again. Well, I think my money's not going to go on Goshen again. <laughs> He's had too much, <laughs> I'm afraid, in the past. <laughs> You've got to draw the line somewhere, haven't you? <laughs> but uh, I'm he sure it'll be a good race, been. and that's that's important, really. Um, you know, it's... Uh, and if the weather sort of quietens down a bit, which I think it will do, yeah, just in the last five minutes, it's suddenly... It's suddenly and the birds are all suddenly flying around now, which they weren't just now. So I think maybe the yeah. worst has passed through here. So um hope so anyway. Yeah. Well look, well, Simon, thank you very much for coming on and doing that. We appreciate that. And I'm not sure the, the punters will you know, be pleased to hear your expert take on the races because that does make a difference oh. to people. So uh, long way it continue. Thanks very much for joining us. Okay, Eddie. All the best.
Thank you, Simon. Well, that was our good friend Simon Holt from the Sporting Life with his take on the main races at Ascot and Haydock tomorrow, provided, of course, this weather goes away. OK, well, it's now time to catch up with our friends up at Bresbet. Um, they haven't been hit by the wind quite so badly as we have down here in Somerset. So how's things with you, Sam? All right? Yeah, great. Yeah, thank you, Adam. So what specials have you got for us this weekend, then? Uh, at the moment, we've, we've looked to avoid the horse racing for now. What, whatever survives the onslaught of the weather, we will be putting our normal kind of specials up. But the, the featured special that we tend to speak about on the Friday afternoon is, isn't there at the moment. Just, just hearing on the side of caution with the bad weather that's around due to Eunice. Yeah, uh, but what we've, what we've got for tomorrow, we've got, we'll start with the football. We've got a Premier League double. We've got, I think both are three o'clock games, to be honest. We've got Arsenal to beat Brentford. Yeah. And Chelsea to win away at Palace. Right. Uh, the was price five to four. We're now going to be six to four, which is which is best price out there. Okay, okay, that's fine. Any any other uh, stuff? Yeah, then, yeah. The the next thing is is especially locally. It's probably bigger than elsewhere. Is the Kelbrook Amiakon fight? Yeah. Um, it's plenty of time in the waiting. Um, a lot of people saying five years too late, even ten years too late. But it, it's it's not very often that you get kind of these high level boxing matches where the prices are so similar yeah. and therefore a betting event. Yeah. Quite often you've got tens on, twelves on, even twenty fives on. But we've we've got we've kind of got a boxing match here where it's four to five, five to four the other side. So mm. it, it creates a bit of an angle. Um, now what we've done is, especially due to him being lo- very local to us, we we're boosting Kelbrook to win by knockout from mm. five to four to six to four. Uh huh. Right. Right. It's it's got a bit um, nasty, hasn't it? Generally, is the, the pre pre fight uh, what shall I say discussions. Yeah, I don't don't think it's any secret that that Kel's not Amir Khan's biggest fan. Yeah. Um, I actually feel like Amir Khan's impartial and he just likes the wind up. But watching watching the build up, there's been plenty of needle there, uh, and and I think it could well blow over on Saturday. Uh, but no, it's the build up's been really good. It, I, I thought up until about a week ago it had been really quiet, and then this week they they really seem seem to be pushing it now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be a good fight anyway, that's for certain. Yeah, I think, I think both are going to be, be slower than they used to be. Both are going to time it a little worse than they used to. But they're both very similar ages and both have got similar miles on the clock. And yeah. I think it... I, I don't think either's going to go there and be too tactical. I think it, it, it could could kick off very early. Yeah, yeah. Well, I should look forward to watching that, mate. Definitely. And of course, it's nice what time it starts as well. Like some of these big fights, they don't start till four o'clock in the morning when they're in America. Yeah, but with it being in Manchester, I think it's scheduled for ten. Oh, so it's, it's a lot better viewing prospect. Yeah, quite absolutely. Okay, well, so obviously, horse racing wise is a question of checking the Bresbet dot com website because we'll know better tomorrow what race is on and what's not. Definitely, mate. Yeah, that's it. just just one final thing, Eddie. We've got the the start of the Bresbet Easter Cup at Shelbourne this weekend, and uh-huh. um, it's our, it's a greyhound competition that we're sponsoring for the first time yeah we'll we'll have all prices on that on site tomorrow as well and i believe we're doing some special pushes at one o'clock two o'clock and three o'clock tomorrow afternoon so keep an eye out for those also excellent okay so that's it listeners you know where to go www.bresbet.com all the latest prices so thanks for coming on sam we'll speak to you next week have a good week well now it's time to head up to lambourne and find out what the cheeky chappy's been up to no doubt been battening down the hatches up there i expect 
Perfect. Morning, Colin. Have you got blown away yet? Not yet, because I've been hanging on to fences and gateposts and all that sort of thing. But no, it's really blowy today. I tell you what, I mean, I was I had quite a good day planned. I had a dental appointment at 10. I had another little appointment with some people that I'd been meaning to see uh, for a coffee at 11, some friends, and then a little official couple of things to do at 1. And then I was going to go to Ikea and have a look at a couple of things today. That was my exciting day. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, the wife went, you know, I don't think we should travel. I think it's too dangerous. And to be honest with me, I just would have gone. But, you know, in some ways in this weather, you can be driving down the road, a branch comes down or a dustbin blows across and smashes into your car and it's a nuisance. So yeah. where I live, it's very, very windy as we speak. But I'm sort of just quite low in the part of a village that's quite low and it's uh you know we're okay at the moment well you better stay that way then because um you know to get such a quality tipster as your good self is going to be extremely difficult if you got knocked on the head by a tree so um well i mean do you do you realize you had eight winners last week eight winners how how many sorry i've got a bit deaf eight winners that's eight as in eight did you get that, listeners? That's amazing. He got eight oh, winners last right. week. Yeah, Brave Bates eight games. Winners, just, well, just, just eight winners. Yeah. Eight winners. That's not then, bad. Eight winners. Funner, Funner Blue Civilla, uh, yeah. Edward Stone, Celebra you Allen. You go through them if you can't pronounce them. No, all right. Uh, Gaelic Park. I can't pronounce half of them. Corey's Courage, Barrowdale, and Bezik Alco. Eight winners. Eight to 11, nine to four. 10 to 11, 5 to 2, 5 to 1, 4 to 11, 9 to 4, and 4 to 1. So that's not Thank bad very much at all. Not too bad, not too bad. Can't rest on your laurels, though, Aidy. We all know no. that. No, nope. absolutely. Uh, should, we go, should we go for uh, the 130? I, I used to ride for a, a man I had a ride in this race called the Victor Ladorum, and he came from Birmingham. He says, oh, I'll be there on Saturday. He says, oh, I think we've got a runner in the Victor Ladorum. And uh, <laughs> it sounds like Peter Russell from there, was it? The Brummie accent, Victor Lodrum. Mm. <laughs> Anyhow, the Victor Lodrum, Victor Ludorum on uh, Haydock hey Park 130 will go to Porticello, trained by Gary Moore. It's been second to night salute at Doncaster. Should have won that day, I think. He said he pulled too hard or he should have dropped him in or I went too soon or something. I don't know what he said, but. He's a good horse. He's won all his other races. And Josh Moore rides him. Porticello. He's going to be short, but one for your devils and troubles. He will win the Victorodrum tomorrow. And that is at Haydock um, Park. Haydock Park. Yeah. Uh, right, we've got the um, Rindlesham Hurdle. This is a three-mile race. It's always a pretty competitive race. And um, there's some pretty nice horses in the race, if you like. Um, the favourite is Thomas Darby, who was fourth champ last time out, beat on the blind side at the Ladbrook Festival. But I think the horse that might run a really big race here, um, I mean, they've all got some quite nice entries, these horses, but I thought the horse that might run really well here was, um, was third win, trained by Philip Hobbs, about nine to two. Um, he's got decent form, he's won... Well, he's won five of his 16 races. He can't be too bad. Last time out, it was third to Sporting John at Warwick, which is another one of Hobbsy's that will be heading for the festival. 
Although um, in actual fact, um, he's trained by Huey Morrison. Oh, that's who I meant. He was third. Sorry, I do beg your pardon. Of course he was did. third to Philip Hobbs' sporting John. That's what I meant to say. And actually, Tom O'Brien rides in the top rows most of uh, Hobbs's. Yeah. But yeah, no, trained by Huey Morrison. It was a good run at Warwick. Um, yeah, I think he'll take a bit of beating. So that's the one for me. And okay. I can tell you, he won the race last year. Oh, right. Well, there we are. And beat a few of these. So at 9-2, to two, I think he's not a bad bet. Third okay. week. So there we go to the 240. Um, yeah, we have a Grand National Trial. The Grand National Trial Handicap Chase. It's a race run over three miles, four furlongs. You need a horse that stays here longer than the mother-in-law. And... Um, it's a very, very tough little race, this one. I'll tell but you one. I'll tell you one I know a little bit about. It's called Sam Brown, trained by Anthony Honeyball uh, and ridden by Aidan Coleman, and he just yeah. happens to be owned by a friend of mine's dad. Um, so he's really? a very local horse, yeah. Sam Brown, Tim Frost owns him. Yours and, uh, dad. Yeah, well, I know his son called Willie Frost. He's yeah. into goats. Would you believe he's got thousands goats. of goats? Yeah. Yeah. What's he do with the goats then? Goats, cheese, goats, milk? Yeah, all that sort of stuff, yeah. Have you ever really eaten goats? I haven't, no, have you? Um, yeah, I think I have actually in uh, in um, you know, Corfu or somewhere like that. Yeah, I think yeah. I have. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I tell you what, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for the same horse. I, I think it will win as well. Yeah, oh, um, Sam Brown, yeah, I mean, you could, he was second to Royal Pagal last yeah. time out. Yeah. Um, you know, that was that was some um, decent form. Uh, Royal Bagal was second to El Dorado Allen the weekend, but probably have a trip too short for him. And yeah, I think Sam Brown's got a really big chance. And he's what I call a proper Grand National horse. Honeyball's horses are in great form. And um, this horse is, well, was he um, age-wise? I'm just, he's, he's 10. 10, yeah. yeah. He, could win a grand, he could win a Grand National with this one. So get on him, Sam Brown. That's that's the that's the each way treble at Haydock, and you know because mm. got a short one, a nine to two, and a six to one. That's an each way treble at Haydock, put to bed already. Right. Okay then. And now we're going to head down to my neck of the woods, aren't we? Yeah. Luckily, okay. I'm not coming down there myself. Oh well, please yourself. Um, well, it'd be quite nice to come down and say if, if Mary was coming racing or something, but she won't mm, be, especially no. in this wind and everything. But if you were going racing, it'd also be equally as nice to meet up with you as well. And do you know, I love Wing Canton. I'm waiting for you to get me in at Wing Canton to all the race day presentations and all the hospitality. That's what I'm waiting on because you know all the best people, all the well, I know one of the, the I know one of the directors there, but he, I've, I've pushed the case, but nothing's happened yet. So let's hope he's, he's yeah, listening you? tonight, and uh, he might uh, he might think, yes, I must ring Colin Brown up. So, Jeremy, if you're listening, was... ring up Colin Brown. Thank you. And I, you know, I was born New Wincanton, and um, it's my track, and I just love to be there. It really is just a lovely, lovely place. But I'm not. Well, so I'll tell you one thing. You might hey. say it's a lovely, lovely place, but it has to be the coldest place in the world. Oh, yeah, it is. It's very cold. Oh, it's very, very cold. I don't think I've place. ever been to Wincanton where the weather's been nice. 
So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it is a blooming cold place. Mm. Um, right, what wins the first? The first is a very good race. I think it can go to um, it can go to the horse called Callisto's King, trained by Dan Skelton, and that's in the Noel Feely Syndicate's um, name. Um, fair form and bumpers, four foot Donny, uh, fourth last time. I think it's an okay horse, and Bridget Andrews takes the ride. I don't think it'll be far away. Okay. Um, second race on the card. I don't like some of these handicap chases. I find them very difficult races, and um, I am going to skip the next race, and we'll go on to <clears throat> we'll go on to um, four a uh, two forty eight um eighty right. two forty eight is yeah. the is the time of the race, and um, yeah, quite an interesting competitive race. There's a bit of an improver in there, which has gone up a few pounds. The handicap called Max and Dynamo, but um, once upon a time, you know, he had a reasonable rating, but he's sort of come down the handicap and now and just hit form. So I don't think this horse would be too far away. Um, but also I quite like each way here is a horse ridden by Paige Fuller. She's a good little jockey, rode a nice winner at Fontwell yesterday, and it's called Johnny B. So small each way on that and the 248 at Wincanton. It's funny you should right, mention on... uh, Paige Fuller, though, because I was talking to... Um, Jamie Snowden yesterday on his way back from uh, wherever he was, Hereford, was it Hereford? I don't know, somewhere like that. And guess who yeah. was in the car with him? None other than Paige Fuller. And she's going yeah. gonna to come on and do it in conversation with him. So she'll only be the second yeah. second um, female jockey that we've had on. Because if you remember, we had Holly Doyle on as well. So, yeah, that's right. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. She's a lovely... Listeners, when you get on... Um, to listening to Paige, she's a lovely girl. Um, she doesn't really have to ride because her parents are very, very wealthy people, lovely people. Um, but that's just, you know, you know what, what I mean is really she does come from a very wealthy family, and I love drinking his beer because his name is Richard Fuller, uh, Paige's dad, and of course Fuller's Brewery in London. It's um, what, the one in Fulham. Lovely. Yeah, in Fulham. Yeah, beautiful old-fashioned brewery. I think it's been sold now to the Chinese, but they kept the brewery and they kept the name, yeah. obviously. But, um, yeah, Fuller's Ale are really yeah. good. Yeah, I know it well. I've yeah. been, been past there loads of times on the way to football. So um, I bet you have. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were going to say on your way to nightclubs. <laughs> um, nightclubs? Right, me? In, nah. Yeah. Nah. In the 320, the... Shush, come on. In the 320, the King Wall hurdle, a grade two race. Yeah, and you're going to say Goshen again, aren't you? I know, I can see it. Three times I won this race. Three times I won this race uh, on um, Walnut Wonder, Desert Hawk and Floyd. Yeah. Anyhow, in, in this race, um, it's a good one. Adagio runs. He's not a bad horse. David Pipes' horse was second to West Cork at Cheltenham last night. Fabio... Dan Skelton, um, but yeah, Goshen will win. <laughs> I knew it. Lord. See, I told you. Yeah. You how much? Knew. How much money are you going to waste on Goshen? How much more? I'm not. Well, I've, I've wasted. I had four hundred quid on him when he fell at the last. Yeah. 
try and hurdle. And he, but he was 15 clear. He would have won. You know, it's not like yeah, he's but just look, run if, okay. If the rabbit hadn't stopped in the middle of the road for a you know what, he wouldn't have been flattened by the lorry, would he? That's yeah, the way you've got to look at it. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely right. But don't worry about it. Goshen will win. Okay? Okay. Whatever you say. You did get eight winners well, last week, um, after all. Did I? Yeah. yeah I'm not surprised. Yeah. Okay. So he wins there. Uh, we move on to the next race. We've got some really good racing um, here down here at um, Wincanton. And uh, I quite fancy a horse. He's been knocking on the door. He's coming down the handicap called Mr. Debonair. And um, it's trained by Harry Fry. He's a grade two hurdle winner at Ascot 2019. Second at Taunton the other day. I don't think this one will be too far away. Second Dorking boy was good form. Mr. De Master Debonair, about seven to one in the 358 at Wincanton. He used to be at um, Colin Tizard's Master Debonair. And he I, did, didn't he? Yeah, and I'll tell you another one. Trin Kamalee, Lucy Wadham and Tom Scudamore. That's a, a right. hot to trot horse. Uh, not in my oh, particular... My my, I'm in hot to trot two, and this is in hot to trot jumping, but it's uh, it's right. a hot and it's not got bad form either. If you look at it, three one three and two one, so uh, yeah, I should think that's got to have a chance as well. Do hot to trot? They got um, hot to trot. We're just talking about little syndicates now, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it's two or three grand to take a share, and um, there's limited shares. It's very well run by young Sam Hoskins. Um, Hoskins, yeah. but you're in hot to trot too. Yeah. And, and are they all different? Are they all different sort of um, partnerships or um, or what? No, well, there's, there's, as far as I understand, there's three, I think. There's hot to trot one, hot to trot two, and hot to trot jumping. And um, hot right. to trot two, which I can talk to about with, with a bit more uh, certainty than the other ones, has got six horses, I think. Yeah. Memory serves me. And uh, I'm just frantically looking for here we go. Oh, that's last year. Two twenty one. That's not it either. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a good uh, it's a good it's a good deal, and they're all two year olds. Well, there might be the odd three year old in there, but they're mainly two year olds, and um, they're all really good uh, uh, trainers. We've got is one Dorothea is one which is at Charlie Fellows. Um, one small step, which is with Brian Meehan and Millie Media, which is in Clive Cox's care. So um, yeah, it's good. It's good, and you get you get a share. Obviously, you get your share of the prize money, which not a lot of um, um, syndicates do give you the prize money as well. And it's two yeah. grand a year. Um, but as I say, you get six horses, which is so you know you you've got action going on most of the year. It's good. I tell you, I enjoy it. And you think about it, if you play yeah, golf, you pay out a lot more money than that to pay golf, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, that, that, that does sound a lot of fun, it really does. Mm. So that's the old hop to trot, and he, he, does, he does well, Sam Hoskins, he's a yeah. very nice chap. He is, yeah. Um, he knows what he's doing, I think. Anyway, Master Debonair. Yeah, that's what I think. And I've got nothing else at Wincanton. We're going to move on to Ascot now, uh, um, listeners, if but if that's all right, Adrian. Yes, that's fine, Colin. Good. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and we're going to crack away here. Yeah. There's a horse running in the first race 
uh, at Ascot, trained by Gary Moore. I don't think he'd be too far away. It is a good race to join Kim Bailey racing novices hurdle. It is a good race, and there's one or two pretty smart horses in it, including Skytastic. He could be the ones also, the other quite nice horse in the race. Um, and I think I'm going to go for it. He could be the one. He's a pretty nice horse. He was second of walking on air at Newbury, but he won well at um, Fontwell, and he won well at Plumpton. I know the Moors think he's going to be quite nice. Um, so that's the one I'm on. He could be the one. That's in the 115 at um, Ascot. Right, All on right. to the Bateau London Reynoldstown novice chase. Um, this race is not a great pointer for the Royal and Sun Alliance at Cheltenham. It's, uh, I think only one winner of this race has gone on to win the Royal and Sun Alliance in about the last 30 years. A lot of people think this could be you know, this could be a, a good race to, um, you know, to follow on from. But, no, it's not particularly. Uh, what what wins it? I think Kim Bailey can win it. With a horse that was second to three under through five at Cheltenham last time out. Before that, it won at Cheltenham and Chepstow's called Does He Know? Now, this horse is mad. And the David Bass gets on with him well because he's a lunatic. You can't get... They, they always get them to turn the music down when he's at the races. Oh, yeah. And when you go to get on him, he just takes off and goes anywhere. But David Bass gets on well with him. And, you know, just as well, he's a good horse because most people wouldn't want to be associated with him. But he is a lunatic, but I think he'll win. He's called Does He Know? And that's in the 250 at Ascot. Okay. Then we've got the uh, Great British Racing Showcase, .co.uk, Swinley Chase. And um, one from your area this week uh, runs here. Second to Cloudy Glen in the um, in the big one at Newry, the Labyrinth Trophy. And that is Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. Um, I think he'll take a bit of beating, won't he? I think so. Specialist, I'd say so. Of course, specialist in the race is, of course, um, uh, um, Regal Encore, who was second... In the race last year, the Captain Chaos. Sounds a bit like you. And <laughs> Regal Encore was only beaten ahead off of a one a marker 150. And he's off a marker 140 now. Trained by Honeyball. I tell you what, he won't be far away this one either. No. So I'm going to go Fiddler on the Roof and Regal Encore. Stick him in a reverse exactor and have a little bit of fun, yeah? Yeah. Definitely. At that regal uncle, fourteen years old he is now. He just I never, know, never just seems to know when he's beat too. No, he doesn't. He just loves the place. He really does love it. Um, keep your eye on a horse called Easy Land. He runs in the handicap hurdle tomorrow. He's come over from France. He's a very good horse in France, and uh, of course he beat Tiger Roll at the festival in that cross country race, eleventh uh, of March um, at Cheltenham. Festival beat Tiger Roll um, 2020 off a 152. He's rated 144 now. He's trained by um, he's trained by John Joe now. Just keep your eye on him because I think they're getting him down to about a mark of I don't know 135 or something. And I think he could have a plan for him in the next month or so. So keep an eye on okay. Easy Land. He's 33 to one today. 
Um, right. What wins this one? Small Bad Bob is trained by Paul Henderson, and a friend of mine owns this one. And you know, he didn't have run well last time out, and that was at Fogwood, and he won as he liked. Um, he's probably got good risk at all to beat, but I'm going to go for Good Bad Bob at a big price. He's like 33 to 1 is. Um, he's got a you know an each-way chance in a competitive race. So let's give him a go. He's gone up a couple of pounds, but he won well and he looked lovely. And um, he, he's a big price. Okay, okay. We could do it a good big price. Absolutely. And then on to the uh, 3.38. I'm doing all the presentations at Ascot tomorrow, by the way, uh, which I like doing. It's quite nice to be asked by Ascot to do their race day presentations in the winners of closure. You never know who you're going to present to. It could be Royal Family or you know, mm. someone very famous. They might have some actors there, some often they have some showbiz people there doing presentations. Yeah. So it's a bit of fair, fun to do it. And um, and uh, this race is a really good race. St. Calvados runs Paul Nichols' horse. He got uh, he got Gavin Sheehan jumped off this one when third to Toronado Flyer in the King George. And I suppose you have to say he'll go pretty close. Also in the King George that day, not that far behind him, was lost in translation, who sort of recaptured his form the time before that at Ascot. Then you've got horses in it tomorrow, like uh, Fanny and Destraval. Um, her horses are in great form. There's only a seven-year-old, this one. And he's got some serious form. Um, uh, you know, second to Phoenix, where he lost on that. And um, I don't think he'll be too far away. Uh, Faka du Derry. Um, Joseph O'Brien brings over. He's not a bad horse either. And then you've got Dr Dashel Drasher, who loves this. Second for two for gold at Lingfield in um, January. Before that, he won at Newbury the end of, um, that was a hurdle race, the end of December. I'm going on about these horses a bit, but it is a real good race. And you've got a horse like Waiting Patiently. Now Christian Williams that trains him, who you know, has pulled up the last two times for, um, for for him. But, you know, he's a horse that's uh, he's got plenty of ability and um, needs to come down the handicap a bit more. So what wins it? Well, St. Calvados probably could. Mr. Fisher could. It's not too heavy. I think Mr. Fisher wants reasonable ground. But um, I think I'm going to go for Dashiell Drasher at 6-1. to one. I think he won't mind the ground, and he's got very good form. A little bit defined with two for gold, but I don't think he'll be too far away. Dasher or Drasher in our 358 at The last uh, race, or the second last race, is a handicap hurdle. Um, Gary Moore runs one here. It's a real improver. I was saying to the owner, that horse needs three miles, and we kept on about it for ages. And now he's stepped him up to three miles. And all he's done is win. So last three, five runs, rather, he's won three, been third and been second. I think he'll win again. And he is called Impal. Impal in the 4.10 there at Ascot. Then the last race, well, this is a national flat race. It's probably a pretty decent race as well. We normally get sort of quite good horses coming out of these uh, type of races and uh, Mr. Tizard 
has got a horse called I Love the Nightlife, um, who's pretty nicely bred, who's related to plenty of winners. And Mr. Tizard this week, I did an interview with him at Plumpton last Monday because he was down there to watch his grandson uh, ride a winner. And his dad was there, David. Um, and, of course, David um, was married to Kim Tizard, who sadly died. Um, a few months ago, so it was it was nice. It was nice. He was there. He's very proud of his grandson. Did a good job. Anyhow, let's get on to the winners. I love the nightlife. I think could go and win our last race here at um, here at um, Ascot. Right. Okay. Well, it's, uh, uh, I love the nightlife. There we go. Um, yeah. Well, I hope we've got some winners there. How many have you got there? Three, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 again. So if you can do 8 out of 14 again, you'll be well on form. If we can get 8 out of 14, Mary will be happy. Mm. She'll be cycling down the bookmakers, getting the money on. Yeah. And uh, having a nice time. Yeah, it's all good, isn't it? All good. All good stuff. All right then, Colin. Well, thank all you right. very much for all that. And um, we'll My pleasure. catch up with you next week as usual. We certainly will. Take care, listeners. Have a great weekend. Let's hope we back a few winners. Make sure you put those in. I know it's quite expensive if you stake too much, but if you just make little 5, 10p sort of, um, you know, six timers, seven times, four folds, five folds, six folds, seven folds with your bookmakers, and have a mess about put them each way. Yeah, it might cost a ten a bit. If they all came off or got placed, all of a sudden, yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, I was at Fontal Park. Just a quick story. I was at Fontal Park yesterday. That's Thursday, doing um, the restaurant. You know, looking after the people yeah. in the restaurant. I take them a parade ring, take them the last fence, and all those sort of things. And uh, we run a tipping competition there. One lady in the room um, won it, and she had all six winners on the card. I haven't even worked out how much it would have paid to a level stake, but it would have come to a lot of money. And she only backed four of them singly. So whenever you do a tipping competition or whenever you've got a few horses together and you think, oh, that's what I've been given or that's what so-and-so said, if you fancy them a bit, always do some of those, you know, six-fold, seven-fold, eight-fold bets because if they come off for small money, they can pay a lot of money. Excellent. We will do All that. All right. Yeah, that's lovely, Colin. Take care. We will speak Good. to you next week, Take mate. Take care. Take it easy. We'll do that. Bye. Cheers. Bye, Eddie. Bye-bye. Well, that was Colin Brown up at Lambeau with his tips for tomorrow. And now we catch up finally with Dave Wilson of Harlequin Race. Good evening, Dave. Um, a busy day for you and I'm sure a busy day tomorrow because you're going to have the kids at home. Yeah, the kids are off school, got them at home, faking them's already been abandoned. Oh, is it? Looks like we're going to be getting the Monopoly board out to have a game. <laughs> so I uh, don't think there's too much else to do tomorrow, I don't think. So uh, we're no. looking ahead for the well, weekend. Uh, I'm assuming that we're going to start uh, off all the racing is going to take place I mean we hope so but uh, I suppose with the sort of forecast we've got who knows well we've got 8 o'clock inspections uh, all of the ones that are on but Faken have already taken the choice of cancelling the meeting because uh, danger to life on 
on route to the track is what they've said. Yeah. So uh, very very wise decision with the forecast that I've seen. And uh, obviously you don't want to be travelling in this weather unless you have to. And obviously no. horse racing is not, not a life-threatening industry. I think they can have a day off. And uh, I think most yeah. of them will probably choose that when uh, we get there. Mm. Uh, we're going to have a look ahead to Saturday. And uh, we've got a few runners uh, that we like the looks of. And we're going to start off with uh, 150 race at Asker. Okay. Uh, horse have tipped up a couple of times this year. Corrick Rambler is uh, going to be ridden by Derek Fox and trained by Lucinda Russell. One thing to note, this filler lives up in Scotland, so it's a long old trip for them to come down to Ascot. So obviously we don't want to come in all that way down. I think uh, now this fellow's won four of his last seven races, and he was very, very impressive, impressive at Cheltenham uh, two runs back. And he never really got involved in the race at Warwick a couple of weeks back, but that was over three miles, five furlongs, and he's dropping back to a more suitable three miles this time. And uh, although saying that he never really got involved at Warwick, he finished fourth, but he was beaten 20 length, and only eight of the 14 runners actually faced. Mm. So uh, he didn't do too bad, really, and I think the trip was the issue for him there, far too far for him, I think. Yeah. Uh, he's priced up uh, seven at two at the moment with Corals, and uh, I think he, he rates a nice bet. He's had uh, two wins out of his four chase races to date, and uh, he's got a lot of scope for improvement, and uh, he's going to be a horse that comes on for another season over the chase fences. So that's a 150 ask at Corrick Rambler. Okay. Moving down to the 225, we like the chances here of a horse called Kobo Lobo. It's going to be ridden by, ridden by Kevin Brogan and trained by John Joe O'Neill. He's had three runs this season. He was eighth pulled up and then he got beaten in a very, very tight photo finish. Uh, in this race here, he's going to be getting £17 off the fiddler on the roof. And he's going to get an extra £3 as well for Kevin Brogan being on board. So he's going to get £20 off the top weight in the race. Now, I would imagine that the ground is going to be very, very testing on Saturday after all these storms. So uh, we'll see what, he, see what happens. Now, last time out, as I say, he got beaten for the finish. He literally got chinned right on the line. It was a, it was a right head bobber with Cat Tiger. Now, Cat Tiger's a horse that's been rated up to about 142 and he's won off of that mark in the past. So he was only getting £5 off a Cat Tiger that day, which rates him around about 138-ish. And he gets £3, as I said, off the jockey allowance here, and he's only running off a handicap mark at 134. So he looks to be very well in on the weights, this Cobra uh, Lobo. And I say, he come right back to form last time out, and uh, we're, we're going to advise a nice each-way bet on him. He's around about 12 to 1 at the moment. So Cobra uh, Lobo in the 225. Okay. Moving down to the weekend's nap, 3 o'clock, and it's a horse called Good Risk at All. Going to be ridden by the informed jockey at the moment, Charlie Deutsch, and trained by Sam Thomas. He's, he, this is a horse that won the big bumper race in February at Newbury last year. And uh, he's had three runs this year, and he's been second all three times. He, was, he started the season out. He finished second behind Hardcore. And Hardcore come out in a race with Constitution Hill in my eye and was only 15-2 to two to win it, so it shows a good level of form of that race. And then he runs second to a horse called John Bond, which is one of the favourites for the big races at Cheltenham coming up, and uh, is a J.P. McManus horse that he paid £325,000 for. So the, the form there was of M2 is absolutely fantastic. And then last time out, he got beaten in a photo finish again by Barrichello, 
Now, Barrichello has already won a Class 1 listed race this year, and this fellow was finishing like the proverbial steam train. He was about five lengths down with half a third on the go and got beaten neck. Now, I'm stepping him up from two miles to two miles three, and he's priced up at around about 15 to 8 with bet three six five at the moment, and I would imagine he's going to go off nearer even money than anything else. So that's good risk at all in three o'clock, and that's the weekend's bank event. Okay, fine. Moving down to the three thirty eight uh, Ascot, and the horse we like here is Mister Fisher. James Bowen takes the ride for Mickey Henderson. He pulled up on seasonal debut after 246 days off, and that was in the King George, which was run at a phonetic pace. Uh, his previous race to that, he ran second and neck behind Frodon in the Oaksy Grade 2. And then he come out in the Silvianco Conti race at Kempton, and he beat a horse called Eldorado Allen of Colin Tizards. Now, last week at Newbury, Eldorado Allen come out and won very nicely, beat Royal Pigali and uh, a couple of the other good horses in the Denman chase there in great style. So obviously the form's backed right up there, and this fella's priced up at around 5-1 to one at the moment, and I don't think that'll be on offer too much longer once the Henderson team put their hand in their pockets and get a bet on for him. So the 3.38 at Ascot, Mr Fisher. Right. Moving over to Wincanton, we've got two races at Wincanton that have taken our fancy. The first one being the 2.48 race, and uh, a horse called Max Dynamo, going to be ridden by Jordan Naylor and trained by Emma Baker. He won at Wincanton last time out in very impressive style, and with the jockey's claim, uh, he's only basically gone up one pound in the handicap. Now, I was at Wincanton that day, and this horse could have won by a lot, lot further than he actually did. And he was very, very impressive. Now, he is a 12-year-old, but what's interesting is since he joined Emma Baker, he's run eight times, won three of them, been second twice, fourth twice, and he got pulled up once. But when he got pulled up, he got hit at the first fence in a race. Another horse side-swiped him, and he, knew, he literally landed facing the wrong way and uh, obviously lost all his position now. And he ended up getting pulled up in that race. Now... In this one coming up at Wincannon, he's 9-4 at the moment with William Hills, so uh, I think he's worth having a nice bet there if you're off to Wincannon on Saturday. Righty up. Moving down to the Kingwell Hurdle, the 3.20 race at Wincanton, uh, one, one we've had a good few quid on a few times before now, and he's won a few for us. He's caution, uh, Jamie Moore, Gary Moore. Uh, this is only a four-horse race, and it looks to be an absolute match between Adagio and Goshen. Now, Goshen come out and won this race last year by 22 lengths. He's priced up at five to six to win this, so obviously it's a, a short price one. But as you say, it's a four-horse race, and only two of them, in my view, can actually win it. Now, Goshen won last time out, and he was very impressive winning that one. He won by about 14, 15 lengths there, and he won this race last year by 22 lengths. It seems to be the time of year that this fellow really starts to win his races, and... Uh, we're going to be siding up with him there at 5-6 to six in uh, 320 at Wincan and Goshen. Goshen, righty up. Moving over to Haydock, we've got three to come from there, and then that's all we've got for the weekend. The first one being in the 205 at Haydock, we've got Molly Ollie's Wishes, Harry and Dan Skelton. Last season, this mare, she won three out of six races, and this season, she's won two out of three so far. She started the season off beating Miranda very easily, and Miranda's a Class 1 winner in her own rights. And then she come out and she run an absolute stinker behind Buzz in a race. She never she never travelled from uh, the minute the flag was raised for the start of the race and never really got involved in it and finished fifth out of five. 
and then she come out again in the Mayor's Hurdle at Ascot in the middle of January, and she beat Woody Mullins's uh, My Sister Sarah, and uh, she was very impressive that day. And she's getting seven pounds from the market leaders in this race, Thomas Darby and Third Wind. Third Wind won this race last year, and I think that seven pounds is going to be a little bit too much for the boys to be giving her. And uh, as I say, she's banging form. And she's literally won five out of the last nine races, so uh, she'll go very well. And as I say, third wins in the race again. He won this last year, but since he won this, he's had three very poor runs. So uh, we're going to side up with Molly Ollie's wishes, and she's priced up around about five to two at the moment. Okay. Moving down to the 240 at Haydock, it's is a Grand National Trial race, and the horse that we like here is Bristol Demai. Now, Sam Christian Davis rides for his father, Nigel, and uh, in November, we have a Betfair chase, and this horse has won it three or four times before. And his course record at Haydock, he's had seven races at Haydock, and he's won five of them. So he's a horse that really enjoys running at Haydock on the going up there now. Haydock's track is near it. He's always very soft, and it, it's one of them tracks horses either like or they don't like, and Bristol Dumai obviously likes it. Now, I thought he'd lost his form after getting stuffed up there in November but he came out of Lingfield in the Fleur de Lee chase uh, about three or four weeks ago and he only got beaten three quarters of a length by two for Golden Dashwell Drasher in a real head bobbing finish between the three of them so going back up to Haydock where his record as we say is five wins out of seven runs he's going to put a tremendous run in and he's priced up at around about nine to one now not all the firms have got all their each way options up but I would imagine Sky better be five places and You'll have to see what price they go up when they actually put it up. Uh, Bristol Del Mar's tipping the uh, 240 race there at Haydock. Okay. Last one we've got for the weekend, which is our second best bet of the weekend, is a 350 race there, and the horse we like is Hillcrest. Uh, Richard Patrick takes the ride for Henry Daly. Now, this is a very seriously good horse. He's owned by the late great Trevor Hemmings, and... Uh, we backed him last time we run at Cheltenham at around about two to one nine to four, and he actually went off four to five favourite. He jumped the first two flights in the race very easily, and then at the third flight, Harper's Brook made an absolute mess of it, catapulted the jockey off, who took our jockey out. So that's why he's got an unseat against his name last time out. But he was absolutely smashed in the betting markets up there for his last run. William Hills have got him priced up at five to four at the moment, and I would imagine he'll go off near a four to six and five to four. So if you're going to be getting a, a nice bet there, you want to get on with Hills very quickly with Hillcrest in the Haydock 350. There. Okay. That's what we've got for the weekend, mate, and hopefully we'll have a good few winners for you and uh, see where we go from there. Well, that was Dave Wilson with his selections for tomorrow, and uh, we will obviously join him again as usual next week. But also, it brings to an end this week's edition of The Racing Show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Presbet, to all our guests for sponsoring us and coming on the show. We do appreciate it. Join us again next week, same time, same station, and we'll have a load of new guests, I hope. Bye-bye for now.